0: Welcome to The Connected Podcast. This is Simon, Hannah, and Lydia. We're three friends from the UK and beyond discussing how the Bible connects to life as a teen today. Stick around for hilarious banter, Bible talk, topics you want to hear about, people you can relate to, and plenty of random shenanigans. Really, we really want you to be equipped with biblical truth and boldness to go out into the world and be grounded in your faith. Make sure to go and say hi to Daryl on our Instagram. He is still busy studying away, but you'll see him there online and he will be back with us uh, very soon. And if possible, seeing it is our Friday episode and we're in the book of James, it would be good if you could open your Bible app on your phone or grab uh, a physical Bible and open it up to James chapter 2 and we'll be reading from verse number 14. And follow along with us as we read the passage here in a moment. Um, It may be helpful as well for you to, if any of you have a journal or if you'd like to just take notes uh, as we go through the passage as well. Uh, We'll be going through our usual questions, the three key questions. So let's go ahead and jump straight in here. And let's look in the first place at what does it say. But before we do that, We have been giving some observation tips and so I think Hannah has a observation tip for us this week.
1: Yes, so your observation tip of the week will require you to have some sort of writing utensil or your finger on a screen. And your tip is to write down, highlight, or circle any repeated words and phrases that you see in the passage you're reading. A lot of times these words or phrases can give you a good hint about what this passage is talking about or something the author really wanted you to notice or pick up on. This was your observation tip of the week.
0: Thanks Hannah. I hope yous uh, are able to observe uh, these words and phrases. But let's go ahead and read the passage. And we're starting from uh, verse 14. So James chapter 2 and starting from verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them go in peace be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that? So also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead But if someone will say "Uh, you have faith and I have works show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith so also faith apart from works is dead. And we will end there. For the sake of time, uh, today we're going to just focus uh, on verses 14 through to 19. Uh, and we'll give you the challenge now um, that at the very end as well that you could jump into verses twenty-three to 26 and you can read that for yourselves and, and get ahead of the game as it were. Um, There are a number of good questions to ask as we go through what does it say, or the observation part of our Bible study. So we'll just go through a few of them now, um, and you can also check out our social media for an entire list. And of course, feel free as well to uh, connect with us on social media and maybe give us some of your observations. So let's kick off here, nice and simple. Who is the author?
1: Well, we've already said this one before, but it is James.
0: Indeed. Number two, who is the audience?
2: Yeah, and we've said this before as well. Um, You remember from our first episode about James that it's written to Jewish Christians who were scattered abroad.
0: Mm, Excellent. What does it say about God's word?
1: It doesn't actually say anything directly about God's word in this passage, or at least not that we observed.
0: What does it say about man?
2: Um, Well, it talks about people and their faith. And it gives an example of somebody talking to another person in need, but not actually doing anything for them.
0: Interesting. I'm sure we'll get into that a little later on. Are there any commands to obey
1: uh, actually, there are also no direct commands given in this passage, or at least not that we observed. <laughs> You're
0: really contributing a lot here, Hannah. I know. Thank I you know. I'm just so here much for it. your contribution. You're welcome. Are there any promises to hold on to?
2: There really aren't any direct promises that we see um, here in our observations as well. So no.
0: We're doing wonderful here, aren't we? Um, Are there any repeating words or phrases? I think this had something to do with our observation tip of the week as well. So
1: I I do actually have something to contribute on this one. So um, if we look at this passage, there are actually several repeating uh, words or phrases. So first one is faith. Um, reading from the ESV faith is repeated throughout the whole passage. So all the verses we read for 14 to 26, faith is repeated at least 11 times. Um, and then another one that's repeated is works, which would be repeated, which is repeated 12 times throughout the whole passage again. Um, and then there's a phrase or a concept that's repeated three times. And that is faith apart from works is dead. And that kind of thing idea is repeated several times so you would have circled or highlighted those if you were following our observation tip
0: yes uh excellent stuff so are there any statements about what we believe as christians and we're thinking here doctrinal statements
2: yeah there is a really important statement um that we have that kind of defines what we believe as christians And that's when it says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead.
0: Yeah, really good. Really interesting. I'm sure we'll get to all this in due course. One final one. Is there anything else that sticks out to you? Um, We have given you some of our observations, but feel free to take some time for yourself. Pause this uh, podcast here and write down your own observations and again uh, feel free to share those on social media as well and when you've done that uh, come back and join us for what does it mean so our second segment is what does it mean or our second question So if you uh, read in other passages, for example, in Romans or Galatians, you may think that this passage in James is contradictory. Other places in the Bible, like Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, write that you're saved by grace through faith and that it's not about works so that no one can boast. But then here, James says that faith without works is dead. So what does he mean? What is dead faith? Well first it's important to remember that James is writing to believers who were taking the teachings of grace and faith the wrong way. Many thought that faith meant that they could go on and sin and live whatever way they wanted even after they had decided to follow Christ. James wants us to really think about what it means to be saved and how saving faith should impact our lives.
1: Yeah, so maybe a great place uh, to jump in then is to define what faith is. Um, So let's look at the Bible actually to find a good definition here. And if we look at the book of Hebrews, which is actually just right before James, chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That gives us a really great definition about what faith is and helps us understand it a bit more. We could also say it like this, that faith is living in the reality uh, that your sins are forgiven because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. It's living in the reality of things we don't necessarily see, but things we know to be true. So we know that because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, our sins are forgiven, that God is not holding our sins against us. And that means we can have a relationship with him and be with him forever in heaven someday, even though we can't necessarily see those things um, physically with our eyes. These are the things we hope for and are sure of as Christians because of God's promise in his word. We have faith that they're true.
0: So James is asking one main question. What does saving faith look like? He gives two illustrations of what it's not. And we find that in verses 15 through to 19. And he also gives two illustrations of what it is. And we find those in from verses 20 through to 24. And we'll look at these illustrations next week. He sums it all up in verse 26.
2: So let's jump into that first example that's there in verse 15, and it's an example that really doesn't have loads of difference between the historical context and our context today. So just imagine that you're in your nearest big city, maybe it's Belfast or Edinburgh or wherever you are in the world, um, and you see a homeless person, somebody who obviously has a need, and you walk up to them and you say, you know, why don't you um, go get some food and go get warm, go buy some warm clothes for yourself. But then you just walk away. You don't give them money or food or clothing or anything. Now, did your words really do any good for them at all? No. If anything, it may have harmed them and give them give, really discouraged them because they can't do those things that you told them to do. Um, what you say, the words that you say, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the way that their lives are going. It doesn't give them warm food or clothing. And it doesn't change you either. It doesn't change you to, to go and do anything about it. Now, what James is not saying here, um, some people m- might read this passage and think that James is saying, in order to be a Christian, I have to go and feed all of the poor people that I see. It's not what James is saying here, though side note, feeding the poor people is good and there are other Bible passages that talk about that. Um, but let's look at the context here to see what James is actually talking about. Why is he talking about um going up and, and speaking to a, a poor person? Um, so let's go back to verse 14. So James is asking a question in this passage. So what question is he asking? Verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So that is the question that James is seeking to answer here. Can you have faith without works? And we see it too that he goes back to this after This illustration he gives in verse 17, he says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So by looking at the verses before and after this illustration, we can see that James is talking about faith and works. So what is James saying here? He's telling us to imagine somebody giving words of blessing, talking like they have a heart full of compassion for somebody, but then they walk away without doing anything about it. Now, at the end of the day, their words are meaningless. Their words are empty and their hearts really weren't moved with compassion because they didn't do anything about it. If their hearts really would have been moved, it would lead them to some kind of inaction. Now, in the same way, somebody could say, Jesus died for my sins. They could pray a prayer to ask Jesus to come into their heart. But if their life hasn't changed, if there are no action that accompanies the words, James says that that is evidence that those words and that faith was not real, that that faith is dead. Um, Faith without works, James says, is dead.
1: And if we look at verse 18, he goes on further to say that someone might say they have faith but not works. So you can imagine this is the person who claims to be a Christian, but they don't really care that they're living in sin. Maybe they know the thing, well, they know the things of the Bible and what God says is wrong or not to do, and it doesn't really bother them. They think they can just go on living just fine and oh yeah, it's cool that Jesus died for me too. And he says, another person might say they have works, but they have no faith. So this could be someone who maybe does lots of good things. So many things that people would say are great, but at the same time, they say that they don't really need Jesus. They don't really need him in any way. James is making a point that these two things must go together. You can't have faith without works. Actions don't produce a saving faith, meaning the works or the things that we do cannot give us saving faith, but saving faith will always produce action. Saving faith will always move our hearts to be changed. And another way we could say it is action doesn't produce salvation. We can't do anything to earn um, being saved or having our sins forgiven. But salvation, having our sins forgiven by God, always produces action. It always produces a heart that has been changed, that wants to know and seek God.
2: So if we move on there to verse 19, we see another example here that James is giving. And he's giving an example of somebody who knows a lot about God. And they even believe that God exists. Um... But he's saying that just knowing and believing that God exists, that doesn't make you a Christian. And even knowing and believing the historical fact that Jesus lived and died and rose again, that doesn't make you a Christian. Because think about it, and James says here, the demons believe all of this is true. Satan knows more about God than any of us. He knows more than any of us that Jesus lived and died and rose again. He's been His whole existence has been to... to to make that not happen and to make us not believe in Jesus. But Satan obviously isn't a Christian, even though he knows all of this truth. So what sets apart the saving faith of a Christian and the knowledge of Satan Well, saving faith is when you put all of your trust in Jesus. It's not just that you know that he exists and you know that he lived and died and you rose again. But it's when you say that this is what I place all of my hope in. And my whole life is going to be centered around Jesus and his work for me on the cross. And that saving faith, centering your whole life around Jesus, is is what changes you and makes you more like Christ. Now, again, we're going to say that actions don't produce saving faith. But saving the faith is what produces the action. Your actions cannot save you. Doing good things, feeding the poor, all of that cannot save you. But when you are saved by Christ, then then your heart will be moved toward action and toward those good things that God calls us to do. Think about it in this way, okay? Imagine a big tree, right? An apple tree, let's say. And you go and, and you, you pick the apples and you enjoy the apples. Now the, the root of that tree is what makes it possible for the fruit to come faith is the root of the tree and the works are the fruit of the tree you can't mix them around you can't say the works that i do is what grounds me and then that produces the faith which is the fruit no no no. it's the other way around faith is the root and that the root of faith then produces the fruit in your life and it comes naturally. An apple tree will produce apples when it's healthy and when it has all the right things in it, because that's what an apple tree does. In the same way, a Christian who has the root of faith will produce fruit. They, they will do good works because that is how God designed us and God will work in our lives in that way. You can't have one without the other. Faith and works always come together, but faith must go first. Faith must be the root and then the fruit will come.
0: Yes that's really helpful Lydia and Hannah thank you for that that's really good and hopefully uh, you guys listening uh, are finding this helpful as well this can be a tricky passage certainly we found that as we were studying through it uh, but I think that's really helpful so let's move on to our third question and this is really where we get to the application we think about what this means for us what is God saying to me that's our third question what is God saying to me Maybe you're listening to this podcast, you prayed a prayer when you were a kid, you know all the right things to say about Jesus dying and coming back to life, Uh, but you are realizing maybe for the first time that your life hasn't been changed by these truths. Going back to our definition of faith and even what James says in this passage, it's not a prayer that saves you or any words we say. You cannot do or say anything. We could say we cannot do or say anything uh, that, will, uh, that will save you. It's only by faith. And this faith is given to us by God. If this is where you are at today and you want to walk in the reality of what Jesus has done for you. Knowing God and not just knowing about God. Turn to him today and thank him uh, for how he is working in your heart. And for what he has done for you. And ask him to help you to live your life by faith in a way that pleases him.
1: Maybe you're also listening to this podcast um, and you know that your life has been changed by what the Lord Jesus did for you on the cross. But you feel like you just still can't get it right. James is not telling you to go and to work harder to be a better Christian Christian examples we gave earlier, by going and feeding all the poor people, or maybe by memorizing giant chunks of scripture, or praying for three hours a day, or volunteering endlessly. He's not saying to go and do any of those things. He's reminding us that works or obedience come from a life of saving faith this is not a command this is a, a a doctrinal statement this is an encouragement something we can worship god for today so if you've trusted in the lord jesus already whether that be as a child or even just a few years ago or even just today you can worship god you can say thank you to god today because he is the one who is doing this work in you. He is the one who has saved you, who has given you that faith. And he's the one who's changing your life and helping you to live in a way that looks more and more like him.
2: So where do we come into all this? As Christians, does this mean that all we do is sit in a corner and wait for God to like magically move our arms and legs to do good things? No, no. Um, that's that's not what it's saying. It's important to look at the whole Bible and think about the whole Bible whenever we read his word. So a verse that comes to my mind when I think about this passage is John 14 and verse 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, this isn't God being manipulative and saying, if you really loved me, then you would obey me. No, it's God saying that the more you you fall in love with me, The more you seek me, the more you know me, the more you enjoy me, the more natural it will be for you to obey me. So as a Christian, your role is to seek God. Your role is to enjoy him. And the amazing thing is he's shown us in his word how to draw closer to him, how to grow in that enjoyment and that love of him. And we draw closer to him as we spend time in his word. As we spend time in prayer, as we spend time with God's people, and as we say no to sin in our lives, those are all ways that we grow in love for God. So today, maybe you can set aside 10 minutes every day to read God's word and pray. Or maybe you can commit to going to your church youth group or meeting more often with your Christian friends. Or maybe there's a sin that God is bringing to your mind right now that you know you need to confess and you need to leave behind. Remember, none of these things, these good things that we do, that, that's not to to produce your salvation. Just think of it, if we think about that tree that we were talking about earlier, as we do these good things, as we say no to sin, as we spend time in God's word and prayers, we meet with other Christians, this is like adding fertilizer and water and sunlight to the roots of faith that we mentioned earlier. The roots are already there if you've believed in Christ. These things will only serve to stir your heart for God and grow your love for him and grow your faith. And as you grow in that love and as you grow in that faith, then James is saying that the fruit will come. Think of that healthy tree. As we add fertilizer and sunlight and water, then the fruit will grow sweeter and it will grow juicier and it will grow bigger every year. And that can be us as we as we walk with God. That as we grow in faith, the works will come. The fruit will grow because of God's work in you.
0: Yes, that's really helpful. Um So this is our, or sorry, this was the illustration of what saving faith is not. And we really hope uh, that this has been helpful uh, for you. It's certainly been helpful, I think, for us as we've started it together. Next week, we will look at the next uh, section of verses that James tells us what uh, what saving faith is. Okay, so next week, we're going to look at what James says saving faith is. So if you look ahead, you will see two people mentioned, uh, Abraham and Rahab. Your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to read these two stories from the Bible, which are found in Genesis 15 and 22. Uh, That's where the stories of Abraham are mentioned. Um, And then Rahab's story is found in Joshua chapter 2 and also in chapter 6, verses 22 through to 26. So make some notes about what stands out. Do your observation. Use your observation tip that we give you today. Uh, And yeah, it'd be great if you could, um, yeah, again, connect with us on social media. And even before we get to next week, give us your thoughts on that. Okay, well, before we end this episode, we thought we would throw in a quick fire or a rapid fire, whatever you want to call it. And today's rapid fire question is this. What is your change my mind statement and this can be anything so hannah why don't you kick us off
1: so i I, i feel like i had a couple here but i think i'm gonna settle with my change what my change my mind statement would be is peanut butter and jelly or jam go together excellently they're just perfect sandwich change my mind on that but i don't think you ever could
2: I'd have to agree with you there, Hannah. Somebody who grew up in the USA.
1: I mean, it's just a classic sandwich. Like,
2: I know. How can you get away from a good old PB&J? Yep. Agreed. I think
0: both of you should be ashamed.
2: Uh... <laughs> so change your <laughs> yeah, mind, Simon. I don't have time
0: for it, okay? It's meant to be rapid fire. <laughs> 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 okay, so I will do mine next. Um, and I also actually had a couple. I was going to go for the bog standard, you know, Liverpool are the greatest football team ever. Changed my mind. But of course you can't change my mind on that because it's just a fact. So <laughs> deal with it, okay? Um, most successful English club ever. Just throwing that out there. But here's my other sure, we'll change my mind. So my other change my mind. And the one that I'm really putting out there is white hot chocolate with marshmallows <laughs> and a shot of caramel syrup is the greatest hot beverage that you can get. Change my mind
1: no there's like that's just glorious sugar 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 in a cup
2: sweet
0: yeah and it's really good and you've
2: you've never had my italian hot chocolate this is true well or... I,
0: I, I would like to point out right, that you've never offered it to me or made it to <laughs> me.
1: So... <laughs> or, or a pumpkin spice latte. I think that would definitely, definitely oh, be the white hot chocolate. Go. There well,
0: you Well, what what would be your change my mind?
2: My change my mind statement is that when you get fruit from the grocery store, if it is not refrigerated at the grocery store, it should not no. be refrigerated when you get it to your house. So apples... And oranges and pears should be eaten and stored at room no, temperature.
1: No, no, everything is better cold. Like, except for bananas. That's the one thing I would no. say. You're right on. Bananas can be eaten at room temperature.
0: Look, as someone who worked okay. in a produce department for many years, okay, I feel like I can speak with expertise, a- expertise, <laughs> expertise on this issue. Okay, and here's the fact: <laughs> we were taught that if we came in with a blue label, okay then it could be it could be chilled or it could you know it didn't matter okay so that's a fact so, so are you are if you, you, want are the you
1: pr- pro Lydia's statement or again I'm taking
0: the brilliant middle ground and I'm no. saying do you know what if you want your fruit chilled then you go ahead and you stick it in the fridge and if you don't <laughs> that's fine keep it outside
1: that defeats the point of a change my mind Simon you can't hear someone's <laughs> change my mind and then say you know you do what you do
0: <laughs> basically I'm admitting that I I I I can't change your mind you're or doing. that I don't really want to. So well,
2: thank well, you, Simon. I, I take that as you're on my side and I appreciate that's it. That's fair enough. Why
0: terrible. don't... Oh. All right, Hannah, we're trying to close out the episode here. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you guys uh, give us your change my minds? Uh, so hit us up on our social media at connected.podcast. That is right. Yes, at connected.podcast and share your thoughts with that and give us your feedback on ours as well. But we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Connected Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed joining with us uh, for this week's episode. Tune in uh, Monday for our next episode. And as always, we'll be dropping new episodes every Monday and Friday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know if there's any other platform you'd like to see our podcast on. And don't forget, as we've mentioned, to connect with us on social media using our handle at connected.podcast. The Connected Podcast is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship of Britain. Though our opinions are our own and do not necessarily represent the organization or any other organization that we may mention we will see or (laughs) hear you on the next one